You're listening to an Undercast Network podcast. In a world filled with numerous movie podcasts, only one dares to talk all things cinematic with a drink in hand. Welcome to the Buzzed Track. It's the podcast with the odd cast of outcasts. So crack open a cold one and pour yourself a drink. More problems if we can all hear each other. All right. All right. Welcome to the Buzz Track. We are the podcast with the odd cast of outcasts. I'm talking movie geeks, film nerds, and cinephiles. And when we're discussing our love for motion pictures, we like to do it with a drink in hand. I'm your host, Kevin Woods, and tonight I am joined by my brother, Devin Conwell. Hello. And I am joined by one of my closest film buddies, Leslie. Hello. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, get, I take it we're all uh, already drinking. So, of course, I'm sitting here with my delicious Corona. I am drinking my meat again. Mead. Mead. Oh, I've got a glass of Merlot. Oh, you're, you're fancy, huh? I got fancy Ooh. tonight. All right. <laughs> well, so this episode uh, should be released on uh, June 19th. So I thought it'd be fun to share a little movie history for this date. And uh, this is some info that I picked up from onthisday.com and the movie timeline.com. So, uh, on this date, June 19th, in 1992, Batman Returns, starring Michael Keaton as Batman, Danny DeVito as the Penguin, and Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, was released. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. And in, on this day in 2009, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, which was directed by Michael Bay and starred... Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox hit theaters. I don't know how y'all feel about the Transformers movies. Most of them are, you know, diminishing returns. And uh, speaking of, on this day in 2014, Transformers Age of Extinction, starring Devin's boy, Marky Mark Wahlberg. Yeah! (laughs) Premiered in Hong Kong. I got a beef with Transformers movies, man. Let's hear it. My beef is that Samwit Wiki kid, you know, Shia LaBeouf's character. Uh, yes. He's a little bitch the whole movie. And then <laughs> somehow the motherfucker learns parkour and kills Starscream like it ain't shit. You don't fuck with Starscream like that. Oh, well. <laughs> I got beef, dog. I understand. I understand. All right, well, some, some on a sadder note, sadder note, on this day know. in 2013... The Sopranos star, James Gattolfini, died mm. from a heart attack at the age of 51. God, that's yeah. been seven years? Yeah, it's been seven years. Damn. So it's hard yeah. to think, but mm-hmm. and another sad one, and I know Devin's, you know, this one, this one hit him hard. Uh, Anton Yelchin yeah. died on this day in 2016 at the age of 27. That was yeah, a that tough was a one. freak thing. Yeah, yeah. That kid oh, had man. so much potential, man. Oh, he certainly mm-hmm. did, but he, he, he definitely did. left he left us with a uh, a nice list of uh pretty awesome films. Everything yeah. from his his work in the Star Trek films to 
Green Room, which is Green Room for Life. Oh my oh, god, one of my I favorites. Love that movie. So, and uh, in uh, cinema history, this day, Friday, June nineteenth of nineteen eighty-seven. The Earth passed through the tail of Rhea M, the rogue comet, and it remained there for eight days, causing machines to come alive and kill humans in maximum overdrive. Yeah. Well, damn. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't care. that I, I hate using the term guilty pleasure because I really don't feel guilty about anything, but damn it. <laughs> maximum overdrive is one of the ultimate guilty pleasure movies. I love, I love that it. movie, and I love the trailer for that movie. Oh, yeah. I'm going to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> I'm going to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> All right. Well, what I would like to do <clears throat> is go ahead and get into it. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've all been watching. And uh, I guess I will go first and uh, share one film that I watched this week. Um, one of the first ones I checked out earlier in the week was Becky. Becky is uh the uh movie that uh where Kevin James plays the Nazi and he leads a team of convicts who invade a lake house uh, mm -hmm. where a uh spunky and rebellious kid named Becky is on a weekend getaway with her father who is played by Joe McHale. Yeah. I don't have either one of y'all seen this one yet? I, I just watched it. the trailer yesterday. Oh man. I, I will say this for it. Uh, Kevin James, with a big beard and a shaved head, he's scary, man. Uh, he yeah, gives he didn't a, look anything like himself in the trailer. No, he gives a very menacing performance. Mm -hmm. The problem is there's just too many goofy parts in this movie. Um, yeah. Very laughable dialogue. Uh, the bad guy's reasoning for even invading the house uh, they're looking for a key, but the, what the key is for is really never explained. It's, it's just uh, a lot of a lot of logic thrown out the window, and it leaves you with even more questions. Uh, and, and they're questions that, honestly, you, you by the end of the film, you just don't care about having answers for. Um, Lulu Wilson is, I guess, is pretty great in it. The problem is I just didn't like her character at all. And uh, if that was the intent, then job well done. But I found her to be annoying and bratty <laughs> and really hard to connect with. Uh, even after you learn why she acts the way she does. So uh, Becky is, mm, it's just okay. Just okay. It was nothing special. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, Devin. All right. So one of yours. Yeah. I've got a lot of movies that I've watched, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put a bunch of them into one category really quick, and just do a few short or not recommendations, but you know, shout outs. But there's one of them that I really want to talk about in this category. So I watched a lot of mobster movies uh, recently, and uh, to start, I watched a uh, a movie that I think is very. Uh, a really good movie to watch nowadays with all the craziness going on, and that's A Bronx Tale, directed by Robert De Niro. Mm. Oh, man, I absolutely love that film. That's a good one. Chaz Palminteri rules. Oh, yeah, God, man. yeah. I, I love that movie. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go too much into it because that's not the one I really want to discuss, but uh, another one that I watched was White Heat with James Cagney. Oh, God, oh, that's wow. a classic. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's one of my favorite classics. That's a good. Uh, it's a really good mobster flick. Um, mm-hmm. So another one. Uh, so the next two that I'm going to talk about with mobster flicks. Um, so they're both directed by John Cassavetes. I am a huge oh. John Cassavetes fan. Oh, as am I. Yes. Love him. I, I love him. Um, so the first one was Gloria. Have you guys hmm. seen Gloria? I have not seen that I one. I've read either. about it. I, okay. I've, I've done some in-depth reading on it and never saw it. So uh, I'll give a, a quick synopsis of it. Um, mm-hmm. So Gloria is about uh, this guy. He was an accountant for the mob. And he ends up talking to the FBI, you know, being an informant. Yep. And the mob comes and kills his family. Well, his son uh, is taken by a family friend of theirs named Gloria. And Gloria, she's a friend of some mobsters. You know, you can tell she had some ends with them. It doesn't really tell too much about it. But, you know, she's, she's very familiar with them. And mm-hmm. so she's protecting this kid from the mob because the kid has the accountant's book. It has all the information on the mob and she's just a badass. The movie is great. I love the movie. It's got some real, real wacky uh, dialogue in some parts. Like it doesn't make sense. Like the exchange between her and the kids. Some of it's just like, I don't know what they were trying to do, but the movie itself is really good. I, I enjoyed it. But the number one movie that I wanted to talk about for these movies is one of my favorite, favorite mob it no you know what i'll go ahead and go out on a limb and say it is my favorite mobster movie of all time and that's the killing of a chinese bookie oh man have you seen that oh yeah yeah several times an absolute classic man ben gazzara he he doesn't get any better like that that is ben gazzara's best film in my opinion i i love that guy but the the way i found out about that movie i I found out about it years ago it's kind of funny i was a I was watching The Sopranos and I saw um, on the DVD there was like special uh, like uh, behind the scenes and all these mobsters like or all these actors were talking about their favorite mob films and um, the guy that plays uh, Christopher Moltisanti what is it Michael uh, Imperioli is that his yep. name Imperioli yeah Imperioli yeah he, yeah um, that he said that that was his favorite mobster movie and I had never seen it I had never heard of it and I thought I was like you know the mobster movie aficionado back in the day. So a good buddy of ours, Willie, being the master of finding anything you need, he found it for me, and I watched it. And man, I I love that movie. Since then, I've bought like three different copies of it, three different well, see, versions. I, I'm, yeah, it's absolutely worth owning. So and one it. that I'm I'm hoping you know through this podcast we can introduce to even more people. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it for those. So all right. Well, Leslie, tell us something that you've been checking out. Um, I watched The Assistant. With Julia Gardner. Have you seen that? No, I have not. Nope. Um, I kind of, it was one of those movies that I had to kind of sit and think about after it was over. What was the actual sole purpose of it in a way? Because, I mean, it had a lot of great reviews and, you know, had pretty high scores. And, and a lot of people were saying it was some of their favorite uh, mm-hmm. from this year. But I was kind of at the end of it. Me and Lee watched it, and we were kind of looking at each other like, did we miss something that was yeah, supposed like, to occur? what was the big deal? Or Yeah, but then that kind of got me to thinking that, that was kind of the sole purpose of it, in a way. Because, I mean, it, I mean, it was just that it was, it, was, it was through one day. The movie itself just occurs in one day's time. And um, it was just so boring, but I think that was the point of it, was how repetitive her daily job was. 
It was just mm. handling everything else that nobody else wanted to do. The men didn't want to do, and they kind of shoved off on her to ha- take care of. Um, and I kind of think that was the sole purpose of it, was just to show how repetitive and boring that daily job was. Ah. Uh, all okay. right. Yeah, but so, it made the movie boring, in my opinion, unfortunately. But I kind of think that was the point. Okay, so would you give it a recommend or a light recommend? Or would uh, you say skip it? I'd skip it. Truthfully. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Truthfully, I would. I might buy All it right. instead of downloading the uh, sleep app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well... Another one that I checked out this week um, has become one of my favorites of this year. And uh, it's easily, easily in the top five of all Spike Lee's movies. It is The Five Bloods. Mm-hmm. Devin, I, I, know you, I know that you've checked this one out, and I'll get your thoughts on this one in a moment, but... The uh, Five Bloods stars uh, Delroy Lindo, Jonathan mm. Majors, Norm Lewis, Clark Peters. Uh, Jean Reno was in it, which was awesome to see him in it. And, of course, uh, Chadwick Boseman. And uh, the, the film is really, really engaging. It's, it's um, very timely. It, honestly, it got a huge emotional response out of me. And the film follows a, a group of aging Vietnam War veterans who returned to Vietnam in search of the remains of their fallen commander. And they're also looking for some treasure they buried while serving there. Um, now it's long, it's two and a half hours long, but in my opinion, it is so worth it. Um, uh, it's just incredibly well done. Uh, even from a, a filmmaking perspective with the constantly changing aspect ratio and, and, you know, they shot a, some of it on 16 millimeter. But the most impressive thing about it, well, there's two really impressive things. Um, one absolutely has to be spoken on is Delroy Lindo's performance. Holy oh, I love shit. Him. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is a career best performance. Uh, there is a scene, two, two, act, well, it's, it's one scene split into two parts where he breaks the fourth wall and is talking directly to camera. And it is so powerful. It was oh, wow. Just, and um, the other thing that really got me was there's a, a really tense, and this is non-spoilery, but the really tense scene involving a landmine oh, yeah. that, that mm-hmm. keeps building the tension and building the tension and building the tension. And, and by the end of that scene, I was my anxiety was through the roof. I had to pause the movie and step outside and have a cigarette. I was just like, man. Holy Damn. shit, what a master class in building tension. So The Five Bloods, it's on Netflix. I I give it my highest recommendation. Devin, what'd you think about this one? Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Uh beautifully shot. Uh well acted too. Like Oh yes. When when I saw, you know, the older crowd, you know, the guys, the stars, I was like, okay, you know, let's see what they can do. And I thought it was gonna be, you know. I thought it was going to be very over-exaggerated war veteran, you know, jar. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, eh, we'll see. And then they get to talking, and I'm like, wow, this is like, it's really good. It's very, you can tell they did their research, and I don't know, man, it's really well done. Uh, now, you, you have to appreciate the fact that they, uh, 
you know, for the the flashback sequences, all the scenes uh, back during wartime Vietnam, that it was still the same actors. They didn't do any de aging. Yeah. Uh, that- so it was. I thought that was a very unique and and honestly a powerful choice to make uh, by putting these these same actors into those scenes. I, I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to say it was a brave uh, mm-hmm. move to make. But, like, when I first saw them in the chopper, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are these old dudes? Like, they're <laughs> yeah, already, yeah. you know, how are they the same age back in Nam? But then I kind of understood because it's a flashback. But then you get and it. it. It's, you, yeah, and then I get yeah. it. And I'm like, okay. And But I have no issues with it. I had a few. The only, like, the only things that kind of really got with me are some of his editing choices. And I, it Don't. wasn't even him. It was the editors. There, there were a few scenes that it cut from one scene to another. And it just made no sense on, like, how that scene built into the other. I was like, what the I, hell? And I know what you're talking. I know exactly what you were talking about. Um, I noticed it early in the film that there was yeah. some strange editing, but like the fireworks cutting into something else. I'm like, but it the- kept, you know, because this, these editing, this editing style, these editing choices were continuously made throughout the movie. Yeah. You just kind of became comfortable with it. And yeah, I was I was very uncomfortable with the first one. I was like, okay, that's really sloppy. But then I see them keep doing it, and I'm like, yep. So okay, you kind of get it. It's yeah. it's a pattern, and it's something they went for, and which is fine, you know. People people do their thing. Hey, that's Spike Lee for you, though, man. I mean, he's yeah. he's constantly innovative, you know. And, and, yeah. And he, he truly knows how to tell a story. I mean, uh, there's a there's a lot of directors that you can say have never truly made a bad movie. And Spike Lee's one of them. Um, I don't think even lesser Spike Lee, I still find somewhat enjoyable. But this, for me, is easily top five Spike Lee. Oh, wow. Yeah, I agree. All right, Devin, well, hit us with another one of yours. Okay. um, So the next uh, category I'll do, because I have uh, three movies, or actually four movies in this category. Sorry, guys. I watch a lot. Um, (laughs) So the first one I'll talk about is a uh, it's an indie. I don't. I, I'm going to call it a comedy because mm-hmm. it stars Steve Little, and Steve Little is hilarious. I love that guy. You know who he is? He's a. I know who he is. Steve Little from Eastbound and Down. Yeah, and, played yes. Steve yeah. Janowski. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's this movie called the uh, the Catechism Cataclysm, and huh. I saw it a long time ago. I rented it from this video place in Washington State, and I remember liking it. So I I decided to rent it and. It's such a weird movie, man. So Steve Little plays like a, a a new priest, but he's not really doing his job very well. You can tell he doesn't do his studies, and he's really into like heavy metal music and stuff. So <laughs> the the higher the higher priests are like, hey, you need to take your vacation and you need to find yourself. You need to you need to get back into your studies. So he's uh, he emails this guy. And he was obsessed with it. the guy dated his sister and he was in like a heavy metal band in high school. And Steve was always, or the, the priest, he was always obsessed with this guy. So he emails them and they end up going on like a, uh, a, a rafting, uh, I guess, vacation. And it's just really wacky, man. It's, it could definitely, it could easily go into the, what the fuck did I just watch? But I still enjoyed <laughs> it because I have one of those coming up. So <laughs> because Steve, because Steve little, he just he made it like he's so funny this movie it i liked it but 
other people would probably watch it and say, that's a shitty movie. And I can see why they would say that, but <laughs> I, I just think that guy can save anything, man. He could probably save that damn one day movie that you watched. <laughs> oh yeah. But, uh, yeah. okay. So that's enough about that movie. Um, so another <laughs> comedy that I watched was, uh, Oh, one of my classic, one of my favorites, man. That's a classic. You're going to laugh at me. I don't care. Ready to rumble. Starring David Arquette. Oh, oh I, my gosh. I haven't seen that in years. Scott Kahn and all kinds of <sighs> old WCW wrestlers. I love that movie. Listen, <laughs> that was made back when I, I was just a huge WCW fan. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I was excited for that movie. I will say this about it. It's no, no holds barred. What's that smell? <laughs> it's hilarious. It's it's funny, but uh, <laughs> it's no no holds barred. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's it's goofy, man. But I don't know. You know me, man. I've always really been. I've always been really big into wrestling. So it's oh like, yeah. That movie really takes back some old feels of mine. So going from that, um, a buddy and I, I'm not going to talk about this movie as one that we watched, but a buddy of mine and I, we watched a scary movie a while back. And I used to really like parody movies, but they just got really, really bad. But I just revisited one of the first parody movies I've ever seen in my life. And it's uh, Mafia. You guys ever see that? Is it? Is it the one uh, that's called Jane Austen's Mafia? Or? Yeah. Well, they changed that's, it. I don't think I have. They changed it to just Mafia now, but it's. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's got Jay Moore, uh, Lloyd Bridges. Huh. God, that movie is okay. uh, Christina Applegate's in it. I, I do. I listen. Uh, here's the deal about that one. I remember it, and I remember it as Jane Austen's Mafia. Yeah. But I have not seen it in 20 years. I could not tell you a thing. I've completely forgotten about it. I know it's one of Lloyd Bridges' last movies. Yeah. I, I revisited it because I remember I used to rent it from, uh, you remember All-Star Video? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used, to, I used to rent the VHS there all the time when I was a kid, and it made me laugh. <laughs> and Dude, it still makes me laugh. I hadn't watched okay. that movie in probably 20-something years myself. I haven't watched it since it was on VHS. But, dude, I was cracking up watching it. But uh, nice. so I revisited that. And then, um, so the last one in my comedy is my favorite comedy of all time. You can mark that down. You can write it down. You can remind me later if I ever We're say We're setting one. it in stone. This is go. set in stone. My favorite comedy of all time stars the one and only Kurt Russell, and it is Used Cars. Used Cars is a classic. I love that, that film. Is, that is one of the most quotable movies I have yes. ever seen. Good God. <laughs> But I just yes. re-watched, I rewatched that and I was in tears and I've seen it a million times. Oh God! Yeah, man. So there's there's the end of my comedy movies. I I got two other movies to talk about. Well, we're gonna pass uh, pass it over to Leslie and hear something else that she's been watching. Okay, right, Leslie, we watched last night. We watched Knives Out. Have you seen that yet? Oh yes, yeah. God yes, I saw that in theaters. Loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. I think way more than I even thought that I would. Um, I kind of thought it was going to be kind of cliche, like Clue in a way when it first started out. But then it kind of turned into way more than that. 
Yeah. But, um, I mean, Christopher Plummer's got to be, what, like 960 by now. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he was amazing. He always is. And I was really impressed. Um, I, I'd probably butcher her name if I said it. She was in that Knock Knock movie with Keanu Reeves. Free uh, fucking yes. pizza. Free pizza. But Is it Anna de Armas? That's it. Yes. <laughs> but I was really impressed by her. And I honestly didn't even realize until I looked you know, later trying to think of where I knew her from, that she was the chick from the Knock Knock movie. Yes. Uh, it's been and, uh, it's been about four or five years since I've seen Knock Knock. Uh, yeah. So I yeah. didn't even realize that was the same actress. I, I know. And I mean, then it obviously put it together and I realized, well, yeah, that's totally her. But I, I just, it didn't dawn on me at the time. But I was really impressed by that movie last night. I mean, oh, I man. was. And I think Chris Evans was kind of who impressed me the most out of everybody. Him and Daniel Craig straight up knocked it out of the park. They did. They did. And um, I just, I don't think I was expecting quite that. I know that sounds terrible, but quite that great of a performance for Chris Evans. But I, I mean, I was really impressed by him. No, when he's on, he is on. He's you got know? the chops. He, he certainly yeah. does. And the thing about Knives Out, you know, it was directed by uh, Ryan Johnson, who, who brought us, uh, well, of course, he gets shit on a lot for his uh, Star Wars the last Jedi, but he's the guy that also brought us Looper and the brothers bloom. And of course, brick and brick is like one of the best, uh, neo nor mysteries ever committed. Is that what the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yes. Yeah. So anytime he dabbles in mystery, he knocks it out of the park. So I was very happy with knives out and I would not mind seeing a sequel. But yeah, uh, that movie is just an absolute blast. Hey folks, Kevin here. So during recording, we had a technical glitch and we lost our connection with Leslie. Uh, We tried several times to get her reconnected, but unfortunately, she wasn't able to get back on the server to finish this episode with us. Remote recording technology is awesome, but sometimes there's glitches and we've all heard the horror stories of podcasters who have had problems Uh, Sometimes losing entire episodes. But we're going to get everything worked out for the next episode because uh, I have something planned for both her and Devin. So, Leslie, don't worry. We love having you on the show. We're going to get it fixed. Plus, I want to hear about what you've been watching. So, for the remainder of this episode, it's just me and Devin. And uh, we also had our fair share of issues during this recording. So, you may hear some glitching and other issues. That uh, I I just couldn't get edited out. But we just want to say thanks for continuing to listen. And uh, all right, we'll get back to it. All right, so I'm going to get going to another film. This is the one I hinted at earlier. uh, That is uh, definitely going into the category of what the fuck did I just watch? What the fuck did I just watch? (laughs) All right, this one is called The Last Days of American Crime. Uh, it just hit Netflix about a week week or so ago. Um, it stars Edgar Ramirez, Anna Brewster, Michael Pitt, and uh, Charlton Copley from, uh, you know, District 9 and um, uh, The A-Team. And, and Anyway, it's got this just really great cast. But this movie fucking blows. Uh, I mean, it is absolutely terrible. It's directed by this 
uh, Olivier Megaton guy who did uh, Taken 2, and I think he did Taken 3. Um, but what this movie's about is like there's this uh, – the government is planning to broadcast this signal uh, that, that once uh, it affects people, they'll never uh, be able to commit unlawful acts. They'll never be able to do crimes anymore. So there's these uh, career criminals who, you know, they're they're trying to hit one last big score uh, to commit this big heist of the century, and they want it to be the last crime in American history before this signal goes off. The thing about it is, is it, the movie has a lot of elements that we all like, like graphic violence and sex, and lots of language. But it's really stupid, and it takes way too long to tell its story. Yeah. Not to mention, it is so badly executed. Honestly, uh, the director, Megaton, he, he needs to be put in the director's jail for a little while because he took a lot of really good actors, and he wastes them with bad dialogue and uninteresting characters. The movie is so sloppy. It's, it's incoherent. Uh, it's... It, man, it's just bad. It's garbage. So hmm. I say skip it because as soon as... Uh, God, it's so long. It's over two and a half hours. And and by the end of it, I was just screaming to myself, what the fuck did I just watch? What the fuck did I just watch? And why, did I, why did I force myself to sit through this shit? So fuck this me, movie. Man. Yeah, fuck this movie. Don't watch it. Oh, it's it's it, also I just found out it's uh it has uh the rare distinction of having a lovely zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and it deserves it. It's garbage. That kills me, man. Because I I love Edgar Ramirez, man. Yeah, um, like yeah, no doubt. I, first time I ever saw him was in Domino, and I loved his character, man. I thought he was great. And then I'm not a fan of the the Point Break remake. But I liked his performance. So, uh, all right, hit us with another one. What, what have you been watching? Me? Um, okay, so the next one I'm going to talk about is actually the movie that has my favorite theme of all time. And it's a black exploitation film called Across 110th Street. A great soundtrack by uh, the incomparable Bobby Womack. Man, that movie. The movie's unreal, but the score and the music is also unfriggin' real. It's one of those movies, like, it's just, I'm speechless when, when I want to talk about it, you know, because it's, it's so damn good. It's my second favorite black exploitation film. I'll get to my first one later because I actually bought it in my, uh, my buys this week. But, uh, yeah, Across 110th Street, if no one's ever seen it that's listening, definitely watch that movie. It's amazing. All right, well, let me move on to another one of mine. And it is. <laughs> You'll get a kick out of this one. All right. This one is a Shudder exclusive. It's called Warning, Do Not Play. And I know you are a fan of, of South Korean horror films. Yes. And um, this one comes to us from the director of The Butcher. Oh, <laughs> and I know, you know, previous episode, I know your th thoughts and feelings on the butcher. <laughs> wow. Uh, but this, yeah, this is from Kim John one, but here's the deal. This one is great. Warning. Do not play is about a young filmmaker named, uh, Mijung, 
and she's kind of struggling to come up with her next idea. Uh, she's suffering from nightmares. Uh, but anyway, she learns about this cursed movie called Warning uh, that was supposedly filmed by a ghost. So as she's uh, trying to track the, the movie down, uh, her obsession with it leads to some really weird, creepy, and bizarre things. Uh, this movie is very clever. It's very unique. And it has a very cool twist on the found footage subgenre. Um, it's it's currently playing on Shudder, and I uh, once again Shudder is knocking it out of the park with their originals. Um, I absolutely loved Warning Do Not Play. Uh, I'd give it five skulls out of five because I had a blast with it. It is it's it's very effectively creepy. So definitely peep that one. All right, so I've got one more. Uh, this movie. This uh, it's a documentary, man. This thing touched my soul, like for for many many reasons. So uh, it's called The Trade, and it's made by a guy Matthew T. Burns, but other people would know him as Sick Nick Mondo. He was a wrestler for CZW. He did a lot of deathmatch wrestling back in the okay. day. I do remember this guy. Yeah, yeah. I I love this guy. Like it's funny because like you know how I had an old Facebook page, and then I got the new one. I've had I had him as a friend on the old one. I have him as a friend on the new one. And you know we've we've done likes and stuff back and forth. But recently I had a conversation with him. Like I, I reached out and told him, "Hey man, I watched your movie, loved it." And then we ended up talking, and he he was telling me about certain things that happened in the world, like the wrestling world back then. And we just we started talking about our personal lives. But you know, aside from that, the movie itself, this guy like he did. He did an amazing job making this documentary. The, the camera work is fantastic. It's very violent. It shows a lot of things, but it's basically a documentary. He made himself telling stories of his life and what he was going through and why he did the things he did. It's just, it's really good. I, I've looked at reviews on Amazon and even people that aren't wrestling fans, they're loving this documentary because it is, man, it's beautiful. This like some of the stuff he talks about and some of the things you see, man, it will really like touch your soul if you have one. But I, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I can't, I have to give the thing a 10 out of 10. I can't give it, you know, the praises I want to give it. I, I can't even reach that limit. It's so good, man. He did a really fantastic job with this. And if, if you like wrestling, especially if you watch like CZW back in the day, you oh, will yeah. love this documentary, man. Cause he talks about, you remember Wife Beater? But, uh, he, no, he go- I don't remember that one. Well, he goes into that guy. It's just, dude, it's it's insane. It's really good documentary. Very well done. But uh, nice. yeah, I I recommend that to anyone, anybody. If you're not a wrestling fan, I think you'll enjoy it. If you are, you will definitely enjoy it. Well, I I also checked out one that I think um, you are probably already familiar with. Uh, I do not know how. Uh, this one slipped under my radar, um, but I finally checked out The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, uh, mm. which is also known as Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Yes. Uh, it's, uh, it is a uh, cult classic directed by uh, Jorge Grau, or Grohl, uh, from 1974. And I, I found this one on Amazon Prime. And... Uh, uh, what it is is this is a movie uh, you who you can see definite influences from uh, Night of the Living Dead, but this one is about a 
uh, a man and woman who uh, are kind of uh, harassed by a local police investigator uh, in the English countryside because they're implicated in these murders that have been committed by zombies who have been brought back to life by a uh, this ultrasonic radiation farming tool. Uh, the movie stars uh, Ray Lovelock and Arthur Kennedy, and it is definitely from the funky 70s, but man, is it unsettling and so memorable. It's in my it's, top favorite zombie movies. Oh, man, look, yeah. Uh, yes, because it's, it's so atmospheric. It has, it has some uh, genuinely shocking moments, and it has a, a kick-ass ending. And for a wacky 70s movie, it's beautifully shot, too. Oh, man. no, it's actually really well shot, man. Good. And you know what? I'm with you. I, I, I'm, I'd go as far to say that it's an underrated classic that deserves more love. Uh, you know, I, I, I probably need to give it another rewatch. But, yeah, I could see this easily being in my top 10 favorite zombie films. And I am so burnt out on zombies. I don't know why I wanted to check this one out at this particular moment, but at this point in time, but something was calling to me to, to finally give it a shot. And I am so, so glad I did. It was your first time seeing it. This was my first time seeing it. Yes. Oh shit. That's awesome. I wish I could have that experience again. Yeah. It's <laughs> unreal. So yeah, that, that takes care of uh, my list of what I this week. Um, and unfortunately, Devin, you probably noticed uh, Leslie's having some sort of uh, issues getting into our server here. It keeps bringing her in, kicking her out, bringing her in, yeah. kicking her out. And uh, so I'm not entirely sure that uh, she'll be able to join us for the rest of the episode. Sorry, Leslie. We'll get all this worked out so the next time you're with us, uh, this won't happen again. But um, I do... I. I, I uh, going back to you, Devin, I am almost 100% certain that you've probably uh, spent a few bucks this week. So I'd like to go into another one of my favorite segments. Devin drains his bank account. Devin drains his bank account. All right, Devin. So I have to know, what have you drained your bank account on this week? I bought a few things. Uh but I didn't really drain my account too bad. I didn't spend a whole lot of money, but uh, nice. Bought a bought a few movies. Uh, I bought Black Dynamite. Oh man, I love that fucking movie. Yeah, after watching 110th Street, I had to I had to get Black Dynamite and watch it again. Um, and then going back on black exploitation, I also bought the Blu-ray of Trouble Man, which is my number one favorite black exploitation film of all time. Trouble Man is so good. Trouble Man. I don't believe I've ever seen that one. Really? Yeah, yeah. So what's this one about? So uh, Trouble Man, it's, uh, it stars Robert Hooks. Uh, anybody that knows black exploitation should know who Robert Hooks oh, yes. is. He's a really, really well, like, well-off detective. Um, his, his latest case, I guess, um, there's been a lot of robberies going on in dice games, and, and yep. he just tops in criminals. They're uh, they're both they're all trying to uh, pin a murder on him, but he's just a he's a badass man. No, I, and why he was written and performed by Marvin yeah, dude, Gaye. Marvin Gaye. And I have, I cannot believe. Yeah, this is another one uh, that I'm really surprised I've never seen. 
And aside uh, from Robert Hooks, it's also got uh, Paul Winfield. Paul Winfield. I see this. And uh, let's see. Gordon Jump, Ralph Waite, Bill Henderson. Yeah, it's a, it's oh a great movie. God. I can definitely say it's my favorite uh, black exploitation film. I, I watched it a long time ago, and you know I was on the black exploitation kick, so I was like, you know what? I don't oh, yeah. have this. I don't have it on Blu-ray, so I'm gonna buy it. So I got the Blu-ray on Amazon. I'm gonna nice. rewatch it, but that movie definitely made an impact on me just because of how cool Robert Hooks is in it. Man, I just remember oh, him yeah. being such a badass. But uh, okay, so uh, Trouble Man, Black Dynamite. Um, so after that, I bought Blank Man. Oh God, no! <laughs> I did. Man. Oh man! I saw Blank Man for very cheap, and I I love that movie as a kid. I I did watch it. I didn't want to talk about it on this episode. I did not enjoy it as much as I used to enjoy it. It still made me laugh at parts, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you said I loved this movie as a kid. Let me tell you, <laughs> I was a senior in high school when this movie came out. So so yeah. Uh, I was I was almost a grown man when this came out, and uh, I was not a fan of it even then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan now. Uh, there were parts that made me laugh, but uh, it's rough. I'm really glad I did not pay a lot of you money know, for that. I, honestly, the only only Damon Wayans starring films I ever really cared for was like a uh, Last Boy Scout or uh, uh, Major Pain. Bulletproof, dude. I kind of like bulletproof but it wasn't because of damon wands it was because of adam sandler sandler was awesome yeah Yeah. i thought he was great on in living color i thought he was uh great as major pain yeah blank man blank man was a swing and a miss for me didn't care for it yeah it's definitely a swing and a miss like i said i'm glad i didn't spend a whole lot on it (laughs) (laughs) so um i bought um couple others i bought um i rebought la confidential oh god that's another great one man that's that's one of my favorites man i i love that movie every time i watch it man there's i don't want to give too much away that's one of those movies usually i'm like if you haven't seen it by now i don't care if i spoil it but i don't want to spoil that movie for anybody if you haven't seen that movie there's parts man it still made me go <gasps> and i've seen it a million yeah. times yeah so so good man i gasped um, so other than LA Confidential, I bought a two pack that came with Be Cool and Get Shorty. I don't remember Be Cool very much, but I loved Get Shorty as a kid. <laughs> I loved Get Shorty as a teenager, and I still love Get Shorty as an adult. I think Chili Palmer is a cool ass character, man. No, it. Uh, I love both of them films. Uh, Be Cool, of course. Uh, I really, really enjoyed. Uh, you know, whereas Get Shorty is about. The film industry, Be Cool is about the music industry, and it was just filled with so many cameos. Errol Smith and uh, the RZA from Wu-Tang Clan. And, and then they, they put my boy Andre 3000, Andre Benjamin, in a, in a, in a uh, pretty prominent role in the movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> he played Elliot. Oh, yep. my God. That... Uh, yeah, hilarious. That's when, and th- this movie's like, Be Cool was like, uh, oh my God, it was like early 2000s. And even yeah. back then, I was like, oh, this guy is great. This guy is so good in comedies. You know, I know they're priming him to be an action star, but 
man, he should he should really do more comedies because The Rock, even back then, was showing he did have some good comedic chops. Oh, yeah, the guy's funny. He was hilarious in WWF back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Get Shorty is, is yeah, that's a, an absolute hand-down classic, and, and Chili Palmer is such a cool character. Yeah. You know, um, and I know Travolta has had a string of duds <laughs> lately. Poor yeah. guy's had a string of duds. But I just wish somebody would take a chance and do and give him one more Chili Palmer movie. He's and got the chance to do something. I don't care if it's a direct well, video man. movie. Just give the guy another one. Let's let's see if let's see if he can uh, you know no uh you know lightning strikes three times you know. Yeah, I mean the guy's got skill. He he's got what it takes. It's just he keeps he keeps accepting and getting handed bullshit roles. Ah, uh, it's true. It's true. And. The less said about the fanatic, the better. Yeah. So I've got one more movie I bought. It's a uh, personal favorite of mine. I've owned it many times. I couldn't find my copy, so I was like, I'm going to get another one. 1975's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, man. The Milos Foreman classic. Yeah. Milos Foreman is amazing. He directed my favorite Jim Carrey movie, Man on the Moon. Mm. Yeah. God. No, he he's he's unreal. Now I've never read the novel "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest." I'm only familiar with the movie, and uh, I'm really I'm only familiar with the movie because of Jack Nicholson's performance. You know, uh, Jack Nicholson yeah. was such a, um, you know, when I was growing up, he was the man. You know, everybody wanted to watch everything Jack Nicholson was in, and I went back and revisited all of the films that. Uh, that made him the star that he was. And I know that, you know, him being the star of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. He's, he's who everybody remembers, but my God, man, that movie had such a great cast. Yeah. It's a, it's a great movie, man. I, yeah. Brad Dourif. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> Brad Dourif is so memorable uh, that, Oh, what's her name? Who plays ratchet? Uh, Louise Fletcher. Yeah. Holy cow. Danny plays ratchet. Uh, that is such a memorable performance. So, yeah, I think that's that's definitely uh, in the uh, the top uh, upper tier of uh, Foreman's filmography. Is one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It's it's a it's a it's a, it's a classic for a reason. And I know some people consider it to be one of the greatest films ever made. I wouldn't argue that. Yeah, I wouldn't argue it. Oh, actually, I have one more that I purchased that I forgot about. I was looking through my collection. Um, So last one, swear, is uh, Marlon Brando, 1954, On the Waterfront. Oh, my God. Elia Kazan, yeah. Man, that movie. I I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I still remember a lot about it. I'm I'm definitely going to give it a rewatch soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, this was the movie he made right before he did uh, of Eden with um, James Dean. Yeah. But On the Waterfront was, uh, uh, you know, it, it won a, a ton of Academy Awards. It, it was, uh, I know it's listed uh, as like in the top 10 of the AFI's greatest American movies of all time. It It is just an unreal, groundbreaking completely just uh, amazing film um, that's uh, for its time had to just blow people out of the back of the theater, you know? 
Yeah. And uh, I, I've always loved this movie. I've always loved it. I tried to introduce it to a lot of different people who, who, you know, they're like not fans of films that, that are older than they are. So they don't want to check out uh, these older films, but they, they'll always come back and say, no, you were right about that one. You were right about on the waterfront. Yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there was no doubt back then that Marlon Brando was one of the greatest actors who ever plied the craft. The guy was nice. just unreal. I agree. Absolutely unreal. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. I promise that was the last one. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I did have a game scheduled for us to play. But we're gonna uh, we'll, we'll we'll do that one the next time we uh, we get all these little technical issues worked out, and I can have you and Leslie or you and Johnny or you know whoever I got on because I I I want to play this game because I have the best punishment for the loser. So <laughs> maybe the next episode. But yeah, what we'll do now is we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up this episode of the Buzz Track. Uh, we're excited to be on the Undercast Podcast Network, and uh, you know we expect uh, uh, you can expect that we got a, a lot of big plans going forward for this little podcast of ours. Uh, we certainly appreciate you uh, checking us out, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Buzz Track. If you're still using Facebook, we do have a Facebook uh, page at the Buzz Track, and of course you can always uh, find more at our website thebuzztrack.com Devin it was a lot of fun talking to you brother always is and uh, Leslie I'm so sorry things went wonky for us tonight but we're definitely going to get you back on hun we always enjoy talking to you alright folks well once again thank you very much and tune in next time for more episodes of The Buzzed Track Hear more from the Undercast podcast family at www.undercastnetwork.com.